Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation with Casper Stockham. Casper, welcome. Yes, it's good to be here. We've known each other for quite some time. Yes, yes. And uh, you are doing some exciting things. Uh, you have a new book that's coming out. Yes, yes. I've been working on it for a long time, even longer than we've known each other. Uh, you know, it's a work in progress, but we are now finally ready to release it. So it's in pre-order right now, or pre-sale. Right okay, now. okay. And where can people get information about that? Uh, they can go to greatblackawakening.com. Greatblackawakening.com. And so the name of the book is The Great Black and Millennial Awakening. Okay, that gets my attention, Casper. One other thing as we jump in here, though, you are also uh, running for Congress. I am. I am. I'm running to receive the nomination for the 6th Congressional District. That's uh, basically Aurora area. Okay. And Uh, that seat is currently held by uh, Jason Crow. It's currently held by Jason Crow. Uh, He beat out Mike Kaufman in the last cycle. Okay. And... um, there is a primary, so I have some primary opponents, but okay. uh, I feel I'm going to win against both of those gentlemen and uh, go up against Jason in general. Okay. Well, let's jump in here on your book. Uh, you know, there's a lot of conversations going on in America today. Some of them are not so nice. Right. Um, but uh, what is happening? Uh, you talk about a great black and millennial awakening. Yeah. Let's jump in here. Yeah. Chapter one, your journey to enlightenment. Tell yeah, me about yeah. that. Yeah, so that's going to be basically my story of how I be, how I went from being a progressive liberal in mindset. I've never been a registered Democrat, but I, I grew up in a progressive liberal household. So it's going to be talking about my journey kind of out of that and into a more conservative patriot kind of mindset. You know, And, it, and my um, journey is not much different than the journeys of like Elbert Guillory or a C.L. Bryant or Thomas Sowell, you know, all these people who, who grew up um, – you know, maybe on the wrong side of the track or grew up in a, in a, in a challenging situation, you know, like Dr. Carson, right? Mm-hmm. He grew up in a challenging situation, but able to, to rise up out of that. And the awakening has been happening for a long time. It's very similar to the religious awakening that happened back in the 1800s and so forth. You know, it's kind of like that. But this is more geared towards the political spectrum. So a political awakening, if you will. It's a political awakening. It's... it's um, People like the the ones I just mentioned and others who have, uh, you know, like the Candace Owens now of the world, right? Who are who are waking up to um, what's happening politically and are now speaking out about it. And I really love her movement because even though there have been others like myself and others who are way older than Candace, right? Who have already been out here for a long time. None of us really created a movement, right? So Thomas Sowell has been out here for a long time and and still going strong, but. He never created a movement, mm-hmm. right? He had a, you know, he's just a wealth of... Um, brilliant, brilliant economist. Exactly, exactly. But he never created a movement. So Candace Owens and the gentleman that created Walkaway, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's Walkaway, there's Blexit, there's Lexit, okay, Latinos exiting the Democrat Party. There's um, Jexitus, Jews exiting the Democrat oh Party. Day. And there's Demexit. Democrats exiting the Democrat Party. So all these are creating this awakening that's happening, going across the nation. It's not, it's hard to detect it here in Colorado because we're almost like in this little bubble. Mm -hmm. It's like a blue bubble almost, right? So we're not, um, the stuff comes in through social media, but it's really hard to to really get a a feel for what's going on across the nation. On, um, in October 2018, right before the, the election last cycle, I went to D.C. 
And um, a friend of mine was going to be speaking at the walkaway movement. Okay. His name is Mason Weaver. And I saw he was speaking. I said, I've got to be there. <laughs> so, so I said, whatever you got to do, just get me in, right? And I was blessed to be a part of the walkaway. Um, it was like a gala that happened at D- in D.C. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people stayed at the Trump ho- um Trump International Hotel and stuff like that. It, it was just a phenomenal time. But at the same time, the Blexit event was happening at the exact same weekend. So I'm hopping back and forth between the Blexit events and the walkaway events. I'm meeting Candace Owens. I'm meeting other black professionals that are just excited to be in D.C. They um, also spent some time at the White House meeting with the president. Very little of that was shown on the media. Mm-hmm. And then when they did talk about it, Al Sharpton came out and said that those folks with the mega hats were paid to be at the White House. You know, so there's a lot of pushback from the, the quote-unquote leaders in the black community because they literally see their, their control kind of melting away. And these young professional black men and women are just excited to be um, free. Released. Well, and, you know, speaking of that, we really focus on this show as dissecting these issues as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Exactly. And another word for force is control. Yes. And uh, when you look at these Democrat-controlled cities and states yes. and how everyday black people, millennials, how they, well, let's say the blacks Mm -hmm. have been faring in these cities. It's not very good. And I love the fact that you leaders are stepping up and saying, this is not okay. We're going to do something about it. Right. Right. We're going to push back on it. And, and again, I'm, I have to give um, Candace Owen credit because she's able to, she has started this movement, you know, this Blexit movement, right? Blacks exiting the Democrat party. Now the thing is, um, and the part that really gets me upset is that she's doing that, but we, uh, we as Republicans, as conservatives, are not reaching out and welcoming her into, you know, into the party. Now, no one would ever turn her away, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if she showed up at a Republican event, she'd be welcomed with open arms. Mm-hmm. But there's no reach out. We have to do the reach out part, right, the outreach and the reach out into the community to start to celebrate these events when they happen. And once we do that, we start to win the the um, perception of the community. Right now, the perception of the community, as far as Republicans go, is that and Republicans are racist and whatever. Just we, that narrative that's out there. Yeah. So we have to fight that narrative. And I know it's kind of sounds silly to have to fight something that's not true, but perception is reality, right? So. Well, you know what? And, and uh, actually, I think this was Hitler's... Um, propaganda minister, and I, th- I, I can't remember his name right now, but he said, if you say a lie often enough, eventually it becomes truth. And that's exactly what's happening. And so that's why we have to fight back. But I think there's a lot of people, Casper, uh, blacks, millennials, a lot, a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, you told me this, but I don't think this is true. I think they're, they're trying to match that up. So it's probably this enlightenment that you're talking this about. Is, that is exactly what I'm talking about. So in the book, we talk about the black millennial awakening, but the awakening is happening across the nation, you know, with all those organizations that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. We just don't have room in the book to cover all of them. You know, I'm going to touch on all of them, but, um, you know, we're not going to cover them in detail, but we are going to cover the black and millennial awakening. So earlier this year, I was talking with Scout Ennis, and uh, she had just finished her thesis talking about um, 
course, she interviewed a bunch of black conservatives, right? And that was a bad move for her because she was progressive liberal when she started. Really? <laughs> yeah. She grew up in a progressive liberal household, and she was, you know, she was a product of her environment you know, there. Of her environment. Mm-hmm. She started interviewing um, Elbert Guillory and Derek Wilburn, myself, and other uh, prominent black conservatives. And over time, a very short period of time, she realized that she was, um, you know, she was being lied to, if you will. You know, she didn't she didn't know the full truth. And by the time she was done with her paper, she was uh, had become a conservative. And now she's a, a registered Republican. Well, and speaking of that, you know, we're doing this uh, with Dr. Cranowitter, Vino and Veritas, yes. a study of the Federalist Papers. Yes. And there is a, a young mom who is attending, and she and I had coffee, and she said, Kim, I never learned this in public school. No. And it's almost like she felt like she had been lied to. Yeah. And uh, so there is a great awakening. I don't think that we're going to get through all the chapters here. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's choose another one. You said, why black conservatives and millennials matter? Yeah. So in the political arena, if, if and when... And this is what we're trying to usher in, and Candace and others are trying to usher in this awakening. Because when that happens, um, and the party really starts to understand the power of the millennials and the power of the black conservatives, it's over. You know, if they send us in with resources and 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 support, you know, to go into the inner cities, the you know the black communities, Hispanic communities, and so forth, they send us in with resources, it's over. The the Democrats would never win another election ever. Because the truth would be just out there, right? When I go into the community now, and even if they listen to me and I say Republicans are, you know, awesome people and stuff, you know, just like us, you know, care about the family, care about the, mm-hmm. the kids and stuff like that. Um, they say, great, Casper, it's so wonderful. Where are they? And that's when I have to stop because they're not behind me. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I've been out in the community for a long time, mm-hmm. right? I, I have a... Um, like an eight-year degree right, in outreach. A Ph.D. Ph.D. <laughs> in outreach. And um, I have to always complain that I don't have the support. I need to really make that huge difference that we need to make in the community. So that's why black and um, black conservatives and millennials matter. Well, they matter a lot. And uh, one of the things that you're talking about, you know, all of these exits from all of these different intersectionalities, if you yeah. will. That is what the Democrat Party has, has worked to devi- mm-hmm. define people by groups yeah. instead of the individuals that you are, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the whole idea about the American idea is these rights for everyone given by our creator of life, yeah. liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And here's, here's another thing that's interesting. So the, all these groups are, are exiting the Democrat Party or leaving the Democrat Party. There's really no group leaving the Republican Party or... If they do, they're just leaving because of the the inaction of the party. In other words, they say, you know, you guys aren't standing up for, um, you know, for lower taxes. You're not standing up for, um, you know, a, a balanced budget. I mean, all the things that we want to happen, they're not doing it. That's why people are leaving the Republican Party. Well, and I think that that uh, real leadership is what is in order here, and yeah. real leadership to to move us towards limited government and to really talk about these important issues that are facing us. But Casper Stockham, let's go to break. This is Kim Munson. We are talking about your uh, new book. You can pre-order it at greatblackawakening.com, mm-hmm. and the title is The Great Black and Millennial Awakening. It's by Casper Stockham, and you said that Scout Ennis has also contributed to yes, this. Yes, Okay, very good. Well, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. I'm Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation with Casper Stockham about his new book that's coming out, The Great Black and Millennial Awakening, uh, Enlightenment in a Free America. What a title. Yes, yes. I, you know, I, as we were putting it together, it's gone through several title changes, you know, so and um, when I was talking with Scout and, and some others and stuff, and I started to really think about it, this is very, it mirrors the the great enlightenment and awakening that happened on the religious uh, side, mm-hmm. you know, when we first started to build uh, America. So it's the same kind of thing, but now this is the political awakening that's happening. Well, and we have a, a lot of work to do. We are in a battle of ideas right now. Yes. And uh, you've been engaged in this for quite some time. You are running for Congress. Yes. And how can people find more information out about you? So they can go to Casper for it's the word for F O R Colorado dot com. They can learn a lot about the campaign, a lot about me, and a lot about the issues you know that mm-hmm. um, you know that I support. So it's Casper for Colorado dot com. Okay. Now your book, there's ten chapters, and in the last segment we talked about your journey to enlightenment yes. and why Black conservatives and millennials matter. Yes. But let's talk about chapter six legitimized racism racism it seems like if if you disagree with somebody these days you're you're called a racist exactly so so what does this mean here legitimizing racism yeah so in a society today um as you said racism has been legitimized to where now if you notice all the all the political candidates running for um president on the democrat side i think every last one of them has said that donald trump's a racist Mm mm-hmm the the news media does not say um, suspected or potential or anything like that. They just say his racist tweets, mm-hmm. right? They don't even put any, any uh, um, question as to whether it's racist or not. So right now it's become very legitimized. And the Democrat Party has always used that as a tool to control individuals in the, in the community. Now, it's funny, though, because at the ICE Detention Center rally that happened a couple weeks ago, so... Michelle Mulkin was out there. Mm-hmm. Tom Tancredo was out there. Randy Corcoran was out there. I was out there. Susan Beckman was out there. Um, Patrick Neville was out there, right? And we had a hundred plus patriots or people supporting the ICE um, and let's set, let's set this up and, and let people know what had happened. This this uh, rally was in response to a uh, a previous rally where, in essence, uh, protesters came on mm-hmm. private property, took down the American flag, took right. down the Colorado flag, right. uh, stomped on it, uh, yep. ran the Mexican flag up the, exactly. the flagpoles. So this was in response to this. This is in response to that. So there were counter-protesters that also showed up at the at the facility. Now, there were probably a dozen or so of those protesters, but they also had a megaphone, you know, so they were... A few of them, but very loud. Very loud, very loud, you know, so they were doing that. So I always like to engage people in conversation. I'm not afraid to go up to somebody and say, okay, so what are you protesting? You know, why are you here? Mm-hmm. So, so I did that to a couple people, and then I walked over to this. And did they have an answer? Uh, not really. You know, they had the talking points, and they said I had my talking points. They had their talking points, so we're just kind of talking. Now, I did have some... Decent conversations with one or two people there that weren't yelling and screaming all the time. You know, they had their, you know, they just started barking out stuff. And I said, well, okay, let's, you know, let's try to talk about that, you know. And then they kind of would get off on different um, subject. But one crowd I went over to, I walked up and one of the, um, one of the young men in the crowd said, oh, here comes their token N-word. And he said 
the word. Mm-hmm. And, and for, was he black, white, or you know, um, or do you know? He was. He's very light skinned. He has sunglasses on, so I didn't really. The, the reason I asked that question, Casper, uh, is because I find it racist that depending on what the out of co- cover yeah. of you are, yeah. you know, whatever color that is. Sure. That some people can use that word and some people can't. Yeah, well, he, he felt empowered that he could use it because he's light-skinned and, and the crowd um, says he's black. You know, I didn't even care. Somebody, <laughs> a Democrat called me the N-word. So I kind of lost it a little bit. And I said, you did not just call me. I'm, yeah, I was kind of shocked, really. Mm-hmm. Right? I said, you didn't just call me that. And I said the N-word back to him. I said, you didn't just call me that. I said, you really didn't just call me that. And all this is on video. We oh talked for about gosh. 10 minutes. Okay. But only about two minutes of it are on video, right? So, so, um, and the one young black um, kid that was there, there's only one black kid there, and then mm-hmm. the, this light-skinned kid was there, and then a bunch of people from all different mm-hmm. whatever. So he came over, and then my friend that was filming it, he said, your friend just called my friend. The N-word. The N-word, but he said it. And instead of the black kid defending me, what he said was, you can't use that word, you know, to your point, because he's a white guy that just explained what was happening. Uh-huh. And he wasn't allowed to even explain it using the word. Right. It, I mean, it was just foolishness. But that has, you know, but that goes to this chapter, which is this whole thing has been legitimized to where they can call. And it doesn't matter if, if a Democrat is calling a, a black conservative that it's not a problem. But if a but if a white conservative even mentions it, it's a problem. It's just it's just it's really totally, upside down and it's totally you know, upside down. You know, we need to come together. We need to to unite. Mm-hmm. And um, I've thought about intersectionality. The first time that I heard that word <laughs> was from a a student, a college student, and I'm like, what on earth is that? Yeah. And for people to uh, hopefully that uh, they don't understand that is this has been something that has been pushed by the three P's, politicians, pundits, and professors. Yes. Uh, and uh, trying to define different people w- as a group. Right. And that is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very dangerous yeah. to do that. Yeah. And, and that's what they do. You know, that's how, how they have legitimized the whole, the whole process. So we have to fight back on that. We have to push back on that, which is what I did at the ICE rally. Mm-hmm. We need to continue to do that. So, um, you know, we just have to keep pushing back until the rest of the world sees, you know, the ridiculousness of that um, and, of and that I think, And I think the veil is coming off. And as you mentioned, Candace Owens, she's a young black conservative who, she's got guts. Right. I mean, she really, really has guts. But I think that we have an intersectionality here for freedom. Okay. And that is bringing together blue dog Democrats, people that are going, wait a minute, I'm not communist. Yeah. I'm not socialist. Right. Where this Democratic Party is, yeah. is not where I'm at. J- uh, JFK was a Democrat. Today, yeah. he would be a Republican. Yeah, conservative Republican. Conservative yeah. Republican. Yeah. So, blue dog Democrats, mm-hmm. um, unaffiliated, mm-hmm. libertarians, mm-hmm. conservatives, and Republicans. Yeah. We need to all come together mm-hmm. to work towards freedom for all, yeah. limited government, we need to come together to unite. Yeah. And I think that's happening, Casper. Uh, I know it's happening, and that's what I am said um, I said earlier is that Colorado's kind of like in this, in this blue bubble, but it's happening across the nation. Trump has a 50% approval rating in the Hispanic community, 50%. 
he has about a 20-plus percent approval rating in the black community. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. That's significant. It, it's double what it was for prior um, presidents, right? So those two numbers combined, along with the Blue Dog Democrats you're talking about, those numbers alone are going to ensure that Trump wins um, his second term in 2020. Now, the challenge is not Trump, actually. It sounds like it's <laughs> it almost sounds um, opposite of what people think. People think Trump's the problem. No, the Republican Party is the problem because the approval rating in the black community for the Republican Party is still in the single digits. That's the problem. If we start to change that perception, it's over. You know, we win every election from here on out. Okay, they never win it again. Well, then we have real work to do. So speaking of that, uh, the Senate race here in Colorado is a very important race. Cory Gardner with whoever the challenger will be, which is probably going to be John Hickenlooper. Yeah. And uh, and I know that there's folks that have been maybe frustrated with Corey on some of his mm-hmm. votes. However, if you look at it, I think that he he tends to 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 vote pretty conservative. But there's you know there you never you'll never agree with anybody a hundred percent of the time. Right. Right. But the other component of it is 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 you look at the two different candidates. Mm-hmm. John Hickenlooper kind of comes along as you know, hey, Mister Friendly or whatever. But mm-hmm. you look at the policies, oh, yeah, the executive orders that he did on the way out the door. Yeah. They hurt everyday, hardworking people. They hurt the black community. We need to be able to communicate that. Right. And uh, Cory Gardner stands for these things that are moving us towards freedom. And we need to message that yeah. across the spectrum, not only to the black community, to millennials or to to women. Mm-hmm. But uh, Donald Trump, since he has gone in, gotten into office, has created – well, not he hasn't created. Yeah. He's gotten out of the way. Sure. Reduced rules and regulations, lower taxes. Casper, over 6 million jobs have been uh, <laughs> created. Yeah. That changes people's lives. We, we have more jobs than we have people to fill them right now, right? But the challenge is still, again – if the Republicans understand what I'm saying, if we reach out to the black and Hispanic community because the job, uh, the unemployment rate in those communities specifically is still high. But the, so there's people there that need jobs, but they don't have the training for the jobs that are available. So we need to train those individuals. If we had an initiative to do that, specifically to do that, that would help. It, turn, see, it seems like we on. should we should uh, get businesses together to do that. I don't like government doing no, that. Well, yeah. You know? And I'm not talking about government doing it doing it, but I'm talking about them talking about getting the businesses together, right? Um, Trump does this, yes, and that's why he's successful, right? But I like Corey a lot. I want him to win. I definitely would vote for him over Hickenlooper or any of the other folks. But when's the last time Corey said that? You know, right. Talked about those initiatives. When's the last time that he said anything about the Trump initiatives, the, the um, um, economic development issues that Trump is, uh, is pushing for? Um, the First Step Act, Second Chance Act. You know, all these things that Corey could be championing um, that and, Trump is and doing. I th- and in I the think community. that would work well for him. Yeah. And uh, and it is important also if if this seat would happen to go Democrat and some of the others, you're going to certainly see then impeachment um, proceedings mm-hmm. continue yeah. with President Trump because because the the radical progressives cannot let him have four more years because if we get that and reduce rules and regulations if you can get into congress and and reduce spending yes the sky is the limit for everyday hardworking american people no matter their age their race their Mm -hmm. gender whatever it is uh it will be really exciting so casper we are just about out of time but thank you so much for being here and again your website for your campaign campaign is Casper for Colorado. It's the word for F-O-R, Colorado.com. And the book is um, 
greatblackawakening.com. And you can pre-order now. So Casper Stockham, thank you so much for being here. Thank you.